Welcome to this podcast for, for the 41st Annual Hawaii International Film Festival presented by Holly Kalani. My name is Anderson Lane. I'm the Artistic Director for the festival. My guest today is Christopher Makoto Yogi, the filmmaker behind I Was a Simple Man, which is our centerpiece presentation here at HIF 41. Uh, the film is presented by the Nichols Family Film Fund and Film Hawaii. So I want to thank our sponsors for presenting this, this film. It's also um, eligible for the Made in Hawaii uh, Jury Award. Uh, and also the Kakahoku uh, Rising Star uh, Jury Award as well. Um, Chris, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Anderson. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's nice to be home. I haven't, I haven't been back for over two years, basically since we shot the movie. Right. Um, yeah. And I've been away, and so I love, I love being here. Um, it's great to be back. So at the time of recording, this is like a couple of days after the the big premiere of your film here yeah. in Hawaii. Uh, tell me, how did you, how was it for you? It was, it was interesting. You know, this was one of the first um, in theater screenings that we had. Um, we premiered at Sundance, but it was virtual, played a bunch of virtual film festivals, um, played some in theater um, over the course of the year, but I, I didn't attend those festivals. So this is really the first one that I was in person um, with our cast, with our crew, you know, like, 80, 90% of our crew was local. Um, and so being able to see, um, the film in a theater as, as we intended to make it with the crew, um, was just like a really great experience. Like I've, I've been looking forward to this screening for months. So, um, yeah. yeah. So thanks for having us. Absolutely. I mean, it was at the Consolidated Ward theaters, right? Um, which is, uh, right in the heart of Honolulu. And we actually had it in three screens. So that was pretty nuts you know yeah. trying to run around through the theaters and uh yeah. and whatnot so yeah. but yeah i mean you know again this is uh you know it world premiered at like you said world premiered at sundance but you know virtually mm -hmm. and you know I, I want to comment on you know when i did my introduction that you know this film uh because of the cadence the tone of it um you know uh it's very dreamlike you know and also um Image, images are so fantastic and you need to see it on the big big screen right so how was how's that i mean for i mean I, some of your cast and crew have already probably seen it virtually already so did they comment on the experience of seeing it on the big screen yeah i think almost i think almost all our um cast and most of our crew had already seen it in uh on sundance or at the festival um virtually but um but yeah it was, i mean everyone who sees it again in the theater always comments on what a different experience it is just because um not only the not only the imagery and the pacing but also the we put so much thought into our sound design and actually our sound designer did a, a, a remix post sundance um after after, okay. he, after he watched it at sundance he's like i want to do more work <laughs> so we actually had to go back into the studio um open up the project again and work for a couple more weeks right um, and so and so yeah these th these dcp screenings are i think new and they're different yeah. they're a different film than yeah. the, even the one we screened at sundance who is your sound designer Sungrok Choi. okay um, he's someone i've worked with now for i went to film school with him i've worked with him for 10 10 plus years mm -hmm. um he's a he's a genius like yeah he's from korea he he i mean when i when i was in film school i was in awe of him because he had already at that point already worked with park chan wook he'd worked wow. with uh, hong sang soo <laughs> Um, and he was in film school to study film. I was like, I mean, why are you here? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just latched onto him, <laughs> and I didn't let him go. Right. I mean, 
you made a comment in the Q and A that um, that um, you know sound is very important. I mean, in, in many ways, I, I I personally think that sound is more important than visuals, mm-hmm. especially when, for a film. You mm-hmm. know, like a you can shoot on an iPhone or you can shoot you know like a mm-hmm. you know with the VHS camera, but if the you know like but the sound it's all about sound. Not only good sound, but sound design, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think you were very mindful of that, you know, and I think it's like, again, you can't have that experience when you're watching it on a computer or on your smartphone, mm-hmm. but just really kind of having it. Um, and it, did you mix it in a particular sound mix or like, was it 5.1? Yeah, it was just 5.1. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I mean, definitely, that was like one of my, I've seen the film obviously several times already, but I've only seen it virtually. Yeah. And aside from like, you know, uh, this is my second time seeing it on the big screen. Yeah, so yeah. it's a completely different experience. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, and, you're, and to your point, like sound definitely, um, you know, it's half of cinema, but it really is more. more. Than it's half. more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and you're right, like a, a film can have um, a shoddy image and great sound and work if it has a great image and shoddy sound. Yeah. It feels off. Yeah, and I don't mean like THX, THX, like Star Wars sound. I'm right. thinking of like room sound. I'm thinking of like yeah. you know, kind of like the the absence of sound is very much sound design too, mm-hmm. right? Or nature, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, you know that's a testament to um, your sound designer. Yeah, I think I mean one of the principles when we were building the sound was we always wanted the island to be present, and um, so often when when I do that, it's like. I'm thinking visuals. So I'm thinking like, all right, so we'll we'll shoot a lot of wides. We'll make sure we're capturing a lot of the background as well as the foreground, as well as the subjects. You know, all all interconnected. But for this film, you know, I wrote a film set in Hawaii, and half the film takes place in a room. You know, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with in, a, in a small room <laughs> right. with an old man who's who's um on the brink of death. And so the way in which we were able to then make sure that the island was present was through the sound. So even when you're in that room, you hear the, you hear the ocean, mm-hmm. you hear the wind, you yeah. hear the birds. Yeah. Um, and so in that way, we were, to, we were able to always make sure that the island was still a character. Right. I mean, it was basically the main character's um, uh, house and North Shore, right? So I was, I was actually visited the, I visited the set, you know, when you were, were you, when yeah. you were here uh, two years ago. Yeah. And uh, I know it was a, a difficult process finding the right location yeah so tell me how you found it and where where was that and like who was the homeowner and yeah were they cool and all that yeah so. it, it was yeah it was a tough find you know i what i was looking for was a house that reminded me of my grandfather's house which is a very specific kind of japanese plantation style <laughs> house that was you know i i feel like was ve- was everywhere in like the 80s and 90s but sure. now is totally hard to find like they've all been renovated or raised and rebuilt and so to find something that had that feel um was hard and then we were also looking at the north shore and then also we're shooting a film and so you can't have like a tiny tiny house right you need a house that allows you to place a camera yeah yeah yeah, yeah. next to the actors right um so it took a long time and we ended up finding this amazing space um uh, on the on the shore on in wailua um, and our house is actually a combination of two different houses right? because those houses are so small. So the yeah. bedroom is one house and then the living room is its neighboring house. So right. we, we combine those two houses into one. That's right. That's amazing. Um, and yeah, I remember, I remember someone made a comment, uh, like, oh, this, you know, it's, this is like every, every grandma's house, like in Hawaii. Yeah. <laughs> this reminds me of my grandma's house. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. uh, yeah. So you, so you basically combine, so, so the actual location 
uh, it was two houses on a lot, right? Yep. Like a, yeah. You know, yeah. So it's, uh, and you combine into one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. By movie magic. Yeah. Movie and, magic. And uh, the, the, what, the interesting story about the production design, the reason it felt so, um, so real. I mean, even me, when I did my first walkthrough after they had painted the walls mm-hmm. and like put up the props and the set deck, I, I got chicken skin. Like I was like, oh, wow, this like feels like my grandpa's house. Right. Um, and interestingly, a lot of that, a lot of those details came from, um, one of our crew members knew someone whose, uh, whose grandfather or father had recently passed away, mm. lived in Kaimuki and just had all this stuff just sitting around oh, wow. in their house. Wow. And they're like, um, you're, mo- you're more than welcome to take a look and see if you like any of this stuff. And so we walked through this house that had just been sitting there, um, I think empty for a few years because they hadn't sold it yet. Wow. Kind of just frozen in time. Yeah. And, um, and just like the details, like, you know, like just like papers, scotch tape to the wall, like right. random calendars right. from like a local restaurant, sure. like a local Chinese restaurant yeah, or something. Yeah. Like those little details, we were like, this is amazing. So we, we were able to use their props, um, to build our house. And they were so, they were so generous in allowing us to do that. And the children came by our set too to to check it out, and they were like, "This is crazy! Like, right. this <laughs> you're this is my childhood house as a movie set, you know?" Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about kind of like um, how you had Constance Wu, mm-hmm. uh, you know, she's probably the most uh, recognizable actor in your film. Mm-hmm. Um, but Constance, how was she involved? So I met Constance originally at the Sundance Labs, um, the Sundance Director Lab, where we. It's like a workshop where you bring, they bring in actors and you like do scenes from your work. Um, you have like other directors there giving you advice on how to direct. You're working with actors. It's just like kind of like a, like a film school slash summer camp yeah. slash it's, it was really, really fun. Mm-hmm. And I was like really, really grateful to be a part of that. But Constance was one of the actors that we brought in and, um, and she just was great. Like I just fell in love with her. I like her, 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 she just came prepared. Like, you know, this is just a workshop. It's not any, no one's going to see this, but she like came prepared. Wow. She worked hard. Yeah. Um, she was committed. Um, and, and we just got along on a personal level, like friend right. to friend. And so after we were done with that, that workshop, I asked her, I was like, do you, do you have any interest in being, being in the, um, the movie when we make it? She's mm-hmm. like, absolutely. I would love to be involved. This was maybe 2016. So right. fresh off the boat was on TV, but crazy rich Asians hadn't yet been shot so right she, i don't think she had been casting crazy got it rich got Asians it yet. got it um and so you know after crazy rich asians her i mean her star just exploded up, yeah um and then just credit to her like when we were ready to shoot our film i was like do you are you still gonna do this like we're we're very prepared for her to say like i'm too big for you right, now. right right um, but to her credit she was like yeah just if you can make it work like these this month in in the summer, mm-hmm. I have off. I will come to Hawaii. I'll do it, and that's if you can make that work, then I'll do it. And she yeah. and she came. It was great. I, I remember the day I went visit your set. That she was there. I mean, you know, she was. I mean, her. Um, obviously, you know, I mean, her. Her character is uh, very unique to the to the film, and uh, so she kind of isolated herself to prepare for the role. But she also um, didn't she re- get you get the crew like a uh, like a shave ice truck or something yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean i think she had a blast yeah yeah um i you know it was it was not an easy shoot like we didn't have trailers sure. for example yeah, yeah, yeah it was hot it was one of the hottest summers hottest. on record or something yeah 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 um and so it was very uncomfortable but she was game and she was having a blast um and yeah and on her last day she bought the crew a shaved ice truck which like everybody loved that's great yeah, yeah. i mean so you know I, I, what resonated with with me for the film and then 
and the film is is basically ba- it's essentially based on or inspired by your personal experience of being with your grandfather on his deathbed. Yeah, essentially, right? Yeah. And um, the fact that he was talking to people or seeing other people that you know, all, you know, yeah. that you I mean, you weren't there. I mean, they weren't there physically. You yeah. know, yeah. So, um, um, you know, because I, I would resonate with me because I, you know, I, I was also. Um, uh, doing elder care for my father, yeah. and you know when he at his last days, he, yeah. he was very much like he was talking to himself or talking to people. Yeah, yeah. Facing, I mean, in a way, you know, it's kind of like literally. You know, when you say, you know, the your, your life is flashing before your eyes, yeah, and like yeah. I, I, I don't know if it's visitation. You know, it's like it's all chemical, or is it all like right. it's the end of life thing, right. um, or something else metaphysical? Right. You know, right. so and I thought you really captured that really, really well. Thank you. Um, but you know, just you know, just um, if you want to just go into kind of the, your personal experiences, just being with your grandfather in his last moments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't there in his last last moments, yeah. although I was, or his um, final days. Yeah, I was, yeah. I remember, you know, was, this was a grandfather who pretty much raised me. Um, my my, uh, you know, I'll just they would after school I'd be there all day long. Sure. Weekends I'd be there all weekend. Um, and I had, and so he was a kind of a, um, a monumental sort of figure in my life, like larger than life. And I just remember when I, uh, when I, I was living in LA at the time, I came home to Hawaii and I walked into his room and I just, it just, I saw him. He looked, he was like emaciated. He looked completely different. Mm. Um, just, he, it was just so stark and so, and for me, terrifying. Like it was scary to see him in that state. And then of course, to then see him going through, some kind of internal psycho spiritual journey um that i wasn't privy to but right. he was experiencing a lot and you could tell that um it felt like his entire life was really he was swimming through his life like different time periods he was talking in japanese i rarely heard him talking japanese while i was alive he always spoke english but he was like talking in japanese to people who weren't there he was, he, at one point he started talking to me as if, as if I was my father. He mistook me for my father, but my father had already passed on. Yeah. yeah. So it was like really nuts. Um, and I, and it was terrifying. Um, and then I think, you know, a couple of days after that, he passed away. Mm. Um, I was, I was in Hawaii, but I wasn't in the house yeah. at the moment he, he passed on. But I still, you know, I still, that, that period where I was in the room with him really stayed with me. You know, that feeling of, you know, kind of terror and yet, um, like there's something beautiful about the fact that he was like working out things in his life maybe or revisiting things in his life or or things in his life were visiting him you know yeah, um, yeah. and so i just wanted to um in retrospect i saw it as being a very beautiful and profound thing to be witness to and so the that was the sort of feeling that i was trying to capture when we were making the movie i was always kind of checking in with like you know is does it does it feel like that like does the movie feel like that um and could because that was the goal and you, I mean, you know, uh, and successful because uh, I thought, you know, the similar language, the film language in the film really captured that. I mean, I, those things are racing in my head too. Like, you know, like, I, you know, you, you see a, you know, a family member, an elder who is yeah. like completely, you know, for all of his life, all your, you know, your life, you're, he's this person and yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, like, it's, it's wild. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Well, I mean, the film is now uh, having, you know, it just finished its, uh, Hawaii premiere festival run here at HIF, and now it's going to be in the theaters, right? So can you talk about the release? Yeah, yeah, we're really excited. It's going to open on November 19th, 
Um, it's going to be opening in New York City at the Metrograph here in Hawaii at um, Consolidated Theaters and Kahala um, Mililani and Ka'ahumanu on Maui and San Francisco at the Opera Plaza, I believe it's called. Yeah. Um, and then on December 12th, um, uh, December 3rd, sorry, it'll open in Los Angeles okay. at um, the Lemley. At the Lemley. Oh. Yep. So I'm um, looking forward to that as well. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, it's rare to have a theatrical release nowadays. You know, we, so. I mean, we were, we were, we were scared because <laughs> yeah. like, there's just a backlog of movies. Right. You know, November is a really tricky time to open a film. Everybody's trying to open in November. So, sure. um, we like in our discussions with our distributor, Strand, we were, we were nervous that we wouldn't be able to place it. Um, a small film, um, like this, a very specific film, um, very much an art film. Um, and, but, you know, we're, we have been more than, we're, we're over the moon that we'll be opening in so many cities. Um, and then if it does well, hopefully more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, surreal to go back to oh you know, you know those platform releases remember those <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah uh, well congratulations for everything Chris uh, for everything you've done you know the, the film is beautiful thank you I can't wait to see your next projects yeah and um, yeah so um, you know good luck for the, the release and um, thanks for being here yeah thank you Anderson this is great. I hope you guys enjoy the remainder of the film festival. We encourage others listening to this to do the same, whether it's in person at the theater or streaming online. Again, thank you for listening. This has been the podcast of the 41st Annual Hawaii International Film Festival presented by Holly Kalani. Special shout, shout out to After Bruce for their support. Uh, you can learn more about them by visiting afterbruce.com. Also shout out to Holly Kalani for providing us a private space to record this podcast. And also to uh, a shout out to our producer, Lingo, for... Uh, being a tech support and keeping me in line. Uh, my name is Anderson Lay. For all of you out there listening to this, on behalf of HIF, aloha and mahalo. Mm-hmm.